we would love to hear from you what the Lord is doing in your life or have seen in others. Write us at stories at themillenniumbeat.com or call us and leave a voicemail at 407-624-9957. We at The Millennium Beat are looking forward to hearing what the Lord is doing in your life. Remember that The Millennium Beat is helping people share their stories. On today's show, I have Joseph and Kirsten Almeida. Joseph was born in New Jersey and moved to Florida with his parents at the age of one. Kirsten comes from Pennsylvania, where she is one of nine children. Currently, Joseph is working as a mental health counselor at a local high school in Palm Beach County. Kirsten is finishing up her master's in social work, and she is currently serving at Common Ground Church as part of their worship band. Now on to the show to hear how two different people from different places were being prepared to meet each other. Welcome to the Millennium Beat Podcast, where we like to encourage the world one story at a time. Now get ready to hear stories from around the world that encourage and uplift you. Now to the show with your host, Kevin James. Hey everybody, this is Kevin James. You've tuned into the right place. This is the Millennium Beat. And as I said, I am the host, Kevin James. I'm in West Palm Beach. I'm with Kirsten and Joseph at their home. Guys, thanks for being here. Thanks for having us. So glad. All right. Well, we're going to have a fun time. Yeah, at least I got your name right, so we're off on a good start. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right, Joseph, let's start off with you. Um, basically, go back to maybe day one. Yeah. So, uh, I was born in New Jersey. Oh, uh, Jersey guy. Yeah, New Jersey. I lived there for like a month. <laughs> <laughs> then they kicked me out. No. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I only spent there a year and then... Um, and you got kicked out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, they, you know, they found out we were friends. Like, yeah, oh, this right. guy, oh, God, you know. yeah. We already um, sent him out. Now we could have sent the other guy out. <laughs> so uh, my parents and I only spent one year there because they had a job opportunity in Florida. You did? Uh, my parents. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, look at that baby. You are going to give him a... Give him a, <laughs> give him a job. <laughs> give him a job. Uh, look at those eyes. Uh, <laughs> maybe Kirsten should say that, not me and myself. But um, so pretty much, you know, my parents, um, you know, they're from Portugal. And so they, you know, they're immigrants, came here, you know, for a job opportunity. Okay. And so they went to New Jersey with friends. And then when they got the opportunity to come to Florida after one year, we moved here. Okay. And so I'm pretty much a Floridian. Now you say here, West Palm Beach, not yes. like here, here. Exactly. <laughs> You didn't move into this apartment. Exactly. Uh, yep. Palm Beach County, West Palm. And, you know, just um, went to uh, St. Juliana's Catholic school okay. um, from kindergarten to eighth grade. That's where I learned a lot of English. Because, you know, my parents, they didn't know much English, right? They're from Portugal. Shout out to Portugal. Yeah, we actually so. had one listener from Portugal. Oh, nice. So if you're listening, hey. Listen to this rest of his interview. That's right. You might know the guy. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, um, just really, you know, reflecting and like, wow, it's awesome how far I've come, you know, just even from living in Florida. It's like going through school, like learning the English language and, you know, learning the culture because, mm -hmm. you know, I, I did make time every two years to go visit Portugal because okay. all my family actually lives there. It's just me and my parents that live in Florida. Okay. So, you know, we, we made friends here. There's actually a Portuguese club out in um, a place called Loxahatchee. We're actually, you know, me and Kirsten got married. Well, I'm sure we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, but 
So basically, yeah, just went to school. I grew up Catholic, so okay. that's um, you know how my faith originated. Now, was it just church, or were you an altar boy? I was an altar boy yeah, for just a little too. bit. Yeah, I really like doing the little the bell, you yeah. know. <laughs> Is that the bell at the funerals, or <laughs> no? It was just like for the communion. Oh, the communion bells. Like okay. when I was, I was in the you know the the seats, the the pews, I guess you yeah, call it there. The pews, yeah. And I was like, where is that coming from? Is there like some guy like just hitting buttons? <laughs> but no, it was just, you know, the altar boy. So I did it for a little bit, but I didn't. Soccer came into my yes. life. I was like, that was my focus. Soccer player, junior high, all the way through high school. Oh, nice. What position did you play? Uh, right halfback. Nice. Only scored once, you know, but. Hey. Well, yeah. you played defense. That was right. your, you that, know. Yeah. So it's not that often defense score, but. <laughs> So pretty much, you know, a lot of my upbringing was learning about American culture, kind of almost like living two lives. Like I had my American culture here, but then when I visited my family, you know, I was like, wow, like I have, I'm privileged to have these two worlds. Right. So, you know, went through uh, middle school, high school, you know, I played soccer for years and that was a big part of my journey mm -hmm. as far as like my identity, like, oh, I want to be a soccer player, you know? Were you good at it? I was I was good. You know, I, I made four years varsity. Okay. I, I walked on to FAU college. Um and but I got a really bad injury. Yeah. Put me out for a year and that's kinda where my God story comes. Comes in. But um that's pretty much Mm -hmm. You know, a little bit there. I can go into further unless you had any. Yeah, yeah go a little bit. Um, one of the things you said, you were born in New Jersey. Mm -hmm. So your nationality of your, you know, your parents and grandparents are over in Portugal. That's it. But you weren't like born there and came here. So exactly. a lot of the customs you're saying that you're learning is a learning as a normal child would learn because you're American born. Yes. So you just have nationalities, your family. Correct. I mean, it's like my family is Irish, um, but my parents were from america yeah. but his parents were from ireland and then my mother's side i have no clue somewhere i'm um, french canadian i didn't like i always might tell the story in my life <laughs> is i didn't really like the canadians and none of them is listening to me right now so it doesn't really matter <laughs> uh i have nobody yet that has listened to me in canada yet so canadians listen come on um, i didn't really like them and then i found out i was one so i didn't like myself <laughs> I got a DNA test. Have yeah, you done it? Yeah, I, no, I uh, talking to my mother back years ago. I interviewed her like this, but not as really sophisticated. And uh, my grandmother, you know, then it talked about my great grandparents and stuff like that. And there's somewhere in there, there was Indian, um, French Canadian, you know. So uh, yeah. I do want to do a DNA test be because they say my grandfather was nickname was Blackie. Oh, so he was, he was dark skin. Yeah. You know, and uh, I can see, I have, you can, as you can tell, I didn't get any of my grandfather's DNA of the darker skin. I have right. the Irish skin. There you, you know? go. So, but, um, what are some of the things that happened to you in the, the kind of like not develop, but kind of form you as the person that I'm looking at right now? What are some things that went on in your early childhood? Sure. You know, I, um, I come from this very hardworking, very, you know, very like, I would say like not even humble, but just kind of, you know, very, my parents approach life with very this caution, but also this confidence of like, we're going to like, you know, follow, we need to follow because they actually ended up being citizens, which is awesome. Cool. But, you know, just trying to pave this life for me. So I, I I've definitely been such such a, a blessing 
I'm sorry. They've been such a blessing in my life. Oh, you've been a blessing to us too. I keep so. saying my eyes, I'm a blessing. Like, okay, God, <laughs> I'm usually very more humble. Maybe it's just the microphone. I'm like, whoa. Okay. Okay, let me bring it let me bring in more humility here. But um, you know, it's they really had me like amazing upbringing, you know, right. so like a, a big part of who I am today is because they invested so much in me. I am an only child. Okay. So maybe there's like a psychology piece there right. in how like, you know, I know, you know, Kirsten, you know, she's probably going to. Now, did your parents come from my big family? Um, so, yes. Yeah. So my mom has um, a few siblings and my dad has siblings. And yes, yeah, so I have tons of cousins, cousins and, and They're all over in Portugal. So everyone's in Portugal. Oh, wow. Yeah. So when we go visit, it's like, all right, it's we got like two reunion. months. Everyone like <laughs> block out your schedules. Like even to like the, like the afternoon of my flight like hey let's let's get a breakfast in you right. know let's try to do something and be intentional that's cool so you know it's i think my life has been all about family and um very being intentional because i needed to um you know even to my identity you know getting through college and wow my calling of being a mental health counselor which okay. i am now but before being a counselor you know finding my you know walk in christ because mm-hmm. you know when i had my soccer injury there and I was angry at God. I was like, God, like, I'm a good person, right? Um, I didn't do anything wrong. Like, why did you give this injury to me? Like, and I'm out for a year, and now my soccer dreams are gone. But little did I know that he was, you know, just really sharpening me and really Fine-tuning. Of, yeah, exactly. But I didn't see it at the time. No, you know? nobody we does. We never do, right? <laughs> nobody does. <laughs> but, yeah, just, you know, I definitely, you know, had my part of my testimony went through some things that I didn't have to were around some crowds that weren't helpful for me but you know there was this there was this guy a Christian that said like hey come to this Bible study and then I went hey come to like be on um, help out with the pro presenter slides of the worship team and I went so I was engaged and I was like wow this is interesting you know everyone is agreeing on the same thing in, in life like meaning like Jesus, like, Mm -hmm. you know, when when I was first exposed, you know, like after being Catholic and just like growing into my high school adult years, I loved soccer. But as far as this understanding of my identity, Mm -hmm. it wasn't in a sport, but it was in community. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I found that at church and that's, you know, I, I accepted Christ into my life at age 21 and, you know, I'm 31 now. So, wow, it's been 10 years. Gone by like that. Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, I'm just, I'm just so grateful that mm-hmm. God's just blessed me, even as a non-believer, but even so much now more as a believer. But I'm carrying, you know, we carry a lot, but we give it to God. You know, before when I was not a believer, I was still Catholic, but I didn't give my life over to Christ. I didn't know the reasons why I was praising God or the reasons why, wow, God, you gifted me in this area. I felt like I didn't have any purpose in college, but then, you know, accepted Christ, age 21, started going to church. And then I went to grad school, you know, uh, actually a local college here, Palm Beach Atlantic University. And now, you know, I got actually passed my licensure exam. So I'm going to be licensed in the state of Florida in February of next year. Praise cool. God. And um, yeah, and you know, this is where comes my wife's story. And okay. But before we get into yes. her, I have to ask you a story. <laughs> Because I know you personally. Yeah. I, all the things that she's going to say, I have no clue because I've never met her until today. <laughs> but you have known for a few years because of Life for Youth Camp. That's where I met you. Um, we're going to talk, before we talk about that, 
I see guitars on your wall, and we, I yep. do know, I remember you doing playing a little bit of instrument at camp. That's right. Because you didn't mention it. What is the story about your music in your life? Definitely, yeah, great question. And yeah, you know, I want to thank you, Kevin. We've been friends since 2013, since we met wow. at Life for Youth Camp. Almost 10 years. I remember we would have, you know, talks around the camp. I'd see you in the golf cart uh, doing oh, your yeah. thing. You did amazing Those work days, for the kids yeah. and families. But yeah, guitar, I mean... You know, to be real with you, like, I was more interested in playing guitar because I'm like, wow, this is cool. People on the platform, like, they, they, they dress nice, you know. But, yeah, I was, you know, I watched some YouTube videos and, you know, started learning the guitar, learning how to sing. And Life for Youth Camp really gave me a platform to just, you know, be myself, you know, be unashamed of the gospel, you know. Right. And so that's how it started. And then I started, you know, creating songs, writing worship songs, oh, cool. leading at little Bible studies, you know, people would, <laughs> people would, you know, invite me to do, you know, church stuff or, um, we'll go to open mic nights and that was okay. like a ministry tool. So definitely love music. Okay. So, so we get into a little bit of music, but what about the, the experience of why you originally were, became a counselor at Life Youth Camp in oh, Vero yes. Beach, Florida? Yeah. Why did that happen? Sure. So I was, um, I was kind of lost in that season. I was like, I graduated from college and I'm like, I need like a summer job, but you know, I didn't want to just get the traditional like part-time gig, like, but I wanted to start finding my purpose in life. Mm -hmm. I, I love youth, right? And I love outdoors and adventure, right? And so actually a buddy of mine, he, he's like, Hey, you should have, you know, like uh, apply to this camp in Vera. I went there as a kid and there was this really cool uh, um, activity there. It's called the ski machine there, mm. <laughs> where they would like bring you around. You'd hold on, like you'd grasp onto this bar, and then this thing would flip you in the water. And I'm like, oh, okay. So that's the reason I should go to Life for Youth Camp is because the ski machine. No, Joseph. But I looked at their website and yeah, applied and got the got the opportunity to serve. I didn't see it as a job, but I was like, wow, this is gonna be helping me to become a counselor, helping me to become right. impacting the youth. And when you were looking at the website and see all the pictures, most likely, probably 99.9%, .9%, sure, those were my pictures. Yeah, they were Kevin's. For yeah. years, I, I think 15 years did pictures and videos and stuff like that for them. So. Yeah, no, you so, were a blessing. Yeah, um, you were there for, you said it earlier, pre-conversation, you were there for how long as a counselor? Yeah, so 2013 to 2015, three years there, and then... And you yeah. did mostly, was it Bible all, uh, three times, uh, those those years? Yeah, I did Nothing Bible else. team, worship leader, yeah. So when I've done it for the 15 years, I, oh God, I've, I did the, um, what do they call them, those go-karts. Oh, I did yeah. that, I did, the, I did the trains back years ago, and right. then I was Bible supervisor, and then I, and then I did primary one year, and... Uh, then, I, then I got out of all that stuff and then I just became the photographer and videographer and stuff yes. like that. So that's pretty cool. So we moved up to there. You've met your darling wife. Yes. And now you, you talk, uh, well, well, we'll save that for next week. That we sure. can talk about how you met and stuff like that. All right. We get a new person in the interview here. We have a cat. <laughs> <laughs> Kirsten. 
take it away. Let's hear about you from day one, and we'll go from there. You can, and just to cat. clarify, Kirsten is actually a human, not a cat. <laughs> not There's Lily, our cat Shasta, has, is on her lap. Yes, he always oh, wants her Don't go attention. on the board, because you'll knock something off, I'm sure. Sometimes I get a little jealous, because he's always on her lap, but uh, that's okay. You know, he, he's my child, so yes, that's I'm right. learning, I'm learning. Yeah, <laughs> you have to share. <laughs> we have to share. Even if he doesn't like it. So, so Joseph didn't mention cats in his story because they didn't enter into his life until I entered into his uh, life. So you got a package deal. Yeah. I did. <laughs> <laughs> did. They were there already and you brought them in or did they get you get them later? Um, I already had my cats with me since, I mean, actually shortly before I met Joseph. Oh, okay. So, mm-hmm. so how old is this one that you're patting um, dearly? He's a bit of a mystery because I actually rescued him from my parking lot he found oh, me he found and you he so he rescued you me. he did yeah <laughs> and it's really an incredible story and i joke around that i had my cats before i met joseph just in case just in case joseph didn't show up in the picture <laughs> well no <laughs> just in case there was some guy who didn't like cats i already have my cats with me they can't so, be taken. And obviously you passed the test joseph <laughs> that's right yeah <laughs> <laughs> anyway um yep um, my name's Kirsten, as we've established. Yes, and I said your name correctly, yes, hopefully. Yes, you did. Yeah. Um, I'm from Pennsylvania, and I come from a very large family. There's um, 11 of us total, my mom, my dad, and nine kids. So there's basically Nine two, kids? Yeah. Holy cow. And so it sounds like a lot, but there's two different generations that have been established in my family, essentially. Oh, wow. And so when I was seven years old, my parents sat me and my three older sisters down, so I'm the fourth of the nine, and told us that um, we would be adopting a little sister in the next year from China. And so a year later enters my baby sister. She was only 11 months old, and it was one of the best days of my life that I can remember. And that's when adoption really just entered my world, and it's been a huge theme of my life. So, as I mentioned, there are nine of us. So, adoption continued up until I was about 23 years old. So, that's a huge part of my family's story. Um, When I was 18 years old, I decided that I wanted to move to Florida to go to Palm Beach Atlantic University. Oh, coincidence there, you know. Yeah. yeah, um, There's no coincidence in God. That's right. We didn't meet there. Um, No, but... Yeah, the timing of that's a little different, but <laughs> it is neat that we both ended up going to that school at separate times. Separate times, but same yeah. school. And so I had done mission trips to Nicaragua when I was in high school for okay. three summers in a row there, and I really just loved everything about it. I loved the people group in Nicaragua. I loved the climate. You know, it's just completely different than the Northeast. Yeah. And so I really think that was a large reason that I chose Florida because I didn't know anyone down here. It was just kind of, um, it wasn't random. It was definitely um, ordered by God. Right. But I just felt a tug to come down here. Okay. And one of the things I'm thinking of is let's hear a little bit about your walk where, because, you know, from birth to marriage Mm -hmm. somewhere in there is Christ becoming the center of your life before your husband was what was life mentally like that you know what were you thinking as a young girl and and what shaped you as to accepting the Lord as Jesus because you weren't you know no one is born into Christianity yeah your parents could be Christians but you're not you're 
born in since yourself. You have to accept Christ as Lord and Savior. So let's hear a, bit, a little bit about that, of your walk there. Sure. And what formed you as the woman you are, I'm looking at today. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely owe a lot to my parents for raising me in a Christian environment. Okay. And I grew up in a little Baptist church. And I vividly recall being 11 years old and just surrendering my life to Christ on my own one evening when I was going to sleep. Oh, okay. And I remember that moment. And that was kind of just like the beginning of my own realizations of who Christ is in my own life. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, I, I loved, I loved church as a little girl. I loved everything about it. Um, And now were you heavily involved in it or just going to it? Um, you know, it was small, so we were like, we were pretty involved. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I remember helping my dad out with like getting ready for Awanas or things of that sort. And the beauty of this whole situation was, you know, we were attending a Baptist church and I don't know what your perception may be of Baptist churches, but the Baptist church I came from didn't really put any emphasis on the Holy Spirit at all. And so a lot of the conversations I remember in my childhood were actually talks that I had with my dad. And I now looking back, I realized my dad wasn't very thrilled about the teachings of the Baptist church in terms of the Holy Spirit. And so I learned a lot of those types of just um, things about the spirit from my dad and kept those in my heart. And eventually we ended up leaving that Baptist church for several reasons, but that gave me such a foundation in my faith. Right. That little Baptist church that was just 10 minutes down the street. Mm-hmm. And that's when we actually started attending a Calvary Chapel. Okay. And I just remember being very excited because they had all these opportunities for mission trips mm-hmm. for people my age. At the time, um, the Baptist church, I had to be a little bit older to start going on their mission trip. Right. That they only had one once a year. So Calvary Chapel just had like a vast array of different countries I could even choose from, you know, so that choice was really exciting to me. And so going to Nicaragua those three summers in a row were really just um, exciting and eye-opening and just really um, put a passion inside of me that Mm -hmm. I think was there all along. And I mean, I can back this up even when I was 12 years old, we adopted my brother Shane and I was, um, I went on the trip to China to adopt him with my mom and my sister. Okay. And that was my first time going anywhere outside of the country was to China. And so just like having these opportunities and realizing that there's this bigger world out there was really exciting for me as a young believer Okay. and just realizing like there's so many opportunities as a believer and I think that's why I ended up choosing to come to Florida because I remembered thinking to myself if I'm going to go anywhere now's the time to go somewhere right right at 18 years old so okay. yeah um one of the questions I'm thinking of since you went on some mission trips and stuff like that is there anything that really stood out in your mind that you can remember now years later that really stood out when you went on a mission trip anything that particular mm-hmm. happened. Um, what I think was so special is that I kept returning to the same place that I went okay. for three summers in a row. So the community of believers in Nicaragua, it was a little church there and they had a very large youth group. Okay. And so there was a girl there named Grepsel. And even to this day, we'll touch base and see how the other one's doing. Cool. And so I think what stood out to me was just the relationships mm-hmm. and seeing believers in another country 
and seeing their faith lived out and being able to just um, know believers from around the world. That's what stood out to me. Okay. All right, cool. All right, what we're going to do is you, we both talk, all three of us, and we've got to one certain point. You haven't met each other yet, so we, we kind of alluded to it a little bit. But what we're going to do is we're going to stop this right now, and we're going to pick up in our next week's conversation. So um, I'd like to thank you guys for letting me in your home and having a little sit down with you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, guys, um, you've been listening to The Millennium Beat. Tune in next week, part two of this great conversation. Thanks, you guys, again. And everybody else, we'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in today to the Millennium Beat Podcast. I hope you heard something that was encouraging to you. We'd like to hear from you with your stories, so write us at stories at themillenniumbeat.com or give us a call at 407-624-9957 and leave us a voicemail. You may also find us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and we have a YouTube channel. Please like us and share us with your friends. You may also go to our website at themillenniumbeat.com and you'll find our podcast and our YouTube video. You also may find a calendar there with past and future guests and dates and times. Plus, another way for you to contact us with your stories or questions. This has been a Millennium Beat LLC production, copyright 2020. Views and opinions of the guests are not always the views and opinions of the Millennium Beat LLC. You've been listening to the Millennium Beat with your host, Kevin James. I'm going to give you a little snippet of a show called Family Matters with your host, Paul Kendall. If you want to hear more shows like that, go to KendallFamilyNetwork.com. Once again, I'd like to thank Paul Kendall for the use of his show. Welcome to Family Matters, a daily look inside the real world of parents and their children. I'm your host, Paul Kendall. When you were little, do you remember all the things you wanted to be when you grew up? I remember pretending to be a businessman and bringing my invisible clients into my office to meet my secretary. Okay, it was actually my mom in the laundry room. But she would graciously shake their invisible hand and ask what their business was like. Since childhood, we've all aspired to be many different things. Most of us don't discover our true calling in life until our 30s or 40s. Along the way, mom may have pressured you to become a doctor, and dad may have dreamed that you'd be in the family business. But deep inside you was a desire that you just could not deny. Problem is, many dreams are snuffed out by parents who have their child's future all worked out for them. And here's the real danger. Even though it may just be a temporary phase, every time a child is discouraged from a dream, they are conditioned to stop dreaming. And when they grow up, they may just take any old job because, hey, I never could have become an astronaut anyway. Mom always thought I might get hurt on the moon. Psalms 37.4 says, Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. I used to think that that meant, be a good Christian and God will give you the things that you want. Until one day, I read it like this. Serve the Lord and he will put desires in your heart. He knows what you are to become, so he places the desire to become that in your heart. Parents, God has a plan for every one of your children. 
So encourage your children to serve the Lord and follow the desires of their heart. When they're four and they want to be a Disney World character, tell them they're going to be the best Disney World ever had. And when they're 12 and want to be a ballerina, sit and watch them dance. And then when they're 30 and loving their job as a school teacher, you'll tell them, I always knew you could do it. Think of what you could have accomplished in life if you had been encouraged to follow the desires of your heart. And then realize that you are now in the position to teach your children to follow the desires in their hearts. And moms, when your son tells you that he wants to be an astronaut when he grows up, just tell him to be sure to take along an extra pair of socks and a warm sweater. That's Family Matters. I'm Paul Kendall.